What's up, guys? Welcome to the Union Fitness Podcast. <laughs> I'm Jared. I'm Kurt. And we have our special host over here, Josh. He's going to be uh, jumping in with us today because we're covering all Hi, the ranges, uh, talking about lifting from start to finish. I guess this can, can this be applied with like applied to uh, regular workouts as well? I think anything. I mean, yeah. this would apply like. My fiance's a marathon runner. I mean, this would definitely apply to what she does. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think any any uh, anything where you have a goal of some sort, yeah. and you gotta look at yourself and say, uh, how willing am I to be really good at this, or you know, where do I want to be within this? And then, it, am I gonna do it alone? Am I gonna get help from other people? So you know, we're gonna talk about training partners, uh, having them versus not having them. Um, training, training, alone. training alone versus training with people who maybe are holding you back in a sense. Some suck bags. <laughs> They're out there. You got to watch out. Uh, and uh, kind of looking at yourself in the mirror when you wake up in the morning and you're all groggy and you're tired and your dog just wants you to get back in bed because it's snowing outside and you look at yourself in the mirror and say, how much do I really want this? Is it as much as you think it is? Or are you just are you just blowing yourself up? Depends on the morning. I'm probably <laughs> saying nope. <laughs> Depends on the Let morning. Let me get coffee first. So I, I guess we're gonna like let's start by um, we're gonna talk about kind of our experiences where we have fallen in the past and in the present with uh, training with people or training alone. So what have you know you typically done? I know since you've been here at Union, like. Some days you're in here training by yourself. Some days you have people around you. But I think you're, you're uh, kind of like a, a lone wolf when it comes to it. I like training with people more. It's just sometimes my schedule doesn't allow for it. Yeah, because yeah. you have like an important job and stuff I like guess, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Not like here at Union Fitness. <laughs> right. Like people are relying on you for their health and safety. <laughs> <laughs> Some. Not all. <laughs> But, um, so, no, you would prefer, if if possible, to train with people, right? Yeah, no, I, I definitely like training. I get more out of training with, like, training partners than I do training by myself. Um, I think, like, training by myself is, is beneficial in a lot of ways. It allows me to, like, look at my mindset uh, a lot better and be very realistic with myself about the things that I'm lifting because when you're by yourself, when you don't have a spot, sometimes you don't even have safety racks to save you. Sure. And, uh then a lot of times like there's no extrinsic motivation like nobody's sitting there yelling at you exactly. helping you get your mind right it's all it's all on you at that point mm -hmm. so um yeah unfortunately uh just because of my schedule about half the time i train it's about myself okay. um but yeah I don't know. now what about uh, what about like in the past before you came to union so oh boy okay so <laughs> So I started powerlifting, like wanting to get into it when I was in graduate school. And I got really lucky. I had a, uh, a group of guys that were in my PT school class with me that got like just as hype and motivated to do it as I did. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, we were really dumb and didn't really know what we were doing, but we were super motivated, did all we could to become really good. And we all got like, I mean, 10 times stronger than when we came into it. And we would like either train in my garage. I actually mm -hmm. built a home gym. Me and my one roommate built a home gym in nice. our garage. Yeah, just to train. In college. <laughs> yeah, in, in graduate school, yeah. like, balling on a budget. Yeah. So we put a home gym in our in the house we were renting. Um, I even bolted rings into the ceiling. Oh, 
uh, toothpaste that and we didn't get charged for it, so it was good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, like, I had a good group of guys. We'd either go to the school gym or we would go to my garage uh, and train. And it was, like, you were there when you said you were going to be there. You weren't missing. If you said you were going to miss, we went over and just dragged you out of whatever the heck you were doing. Uh, we would study together on purpose so that we could train together. Mm-hmm. And believe mm-hmm. it or not, it actually carried over into our studying, too, because mm-hmm. we would, like, grind out what yeah, we were doing. for sure. Um, and then fast forward a little bit, I'm finishing grad school, I actually moved in with one of my buddies and he had a gym in his basement and, uh, I was the only person there who was really motivated to train for anything. And mm. so I would train, it was a, everybody's seen like the, the dank cement Pittsburgh basements from like 1850, right? So that's what so this was. So you mean like every basement still in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's You know, I'm new was. to this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was, there was no heat, no AC. So whatever the elements were outside is what it was in that garage. Uh-huh. And, uh, I never missed the training session, but I would come home from work or whatever rotation I was on in, in grad school and, uh, just get to the grindstone, go down there by myself. I did that for about a year. That was, uh, that was rough. It was, it was definitely a breath of fresh air coming back into a gym for me at least. Um, now, did you make progress during that time? Yeah, a lot of progress. Like actually, when you were when you were alone. Yeah. So what yeah. it allowed me to do actually, um, I dealt with some chronic hip pain for, oh God, two almost three years I'd mm-hmm. say, and uh, because I didn't have um, a lot of training partners like pushing me, kind of, I don't know, it, it allowed me to kind of dial back a little bit mm-hmm. and focus more on that so that I could take care of that issue. So fast forward now i'm training here i don't really have that issue anymore and i think a big part of it is because i trained alone for so long i could take this step back when i needed to address my issues and progress as i could exactly mm-hmm. i think that's one of the benefits of of training alone if you approach it that way yeah. i think there are a lot of people who still like their training alone are like it's only me I'm, i can't rely on anybody but myself nobody's mm-hmm. going to help me and they're just like you know at it every single day yeah even if they have a issue going on or, or an injury and then that doesn't lead you anywhere yeah so it it really depends on the individual and their mindset i think yeah for sure and i mean i mean i'm sure i'm just like everybody else but i definitely have my days where like i i said you know coach wrote a program that said try to hit this i was not feeling it that day i'd be like super pissed off at myself because mm-hmm. i was feeling like crap I couldn't, everything felt heavy. I couldn't move right. Mm-hmm. And then I just get in my own head about it. You know, I'd have to step away for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was, it was bad. You know, you have those days, but it's tough. Yeah. But I, I think like some of those days are like the best learning opportunities. For sure. There's like, there's nobody else to rely on, but yourself. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day in, in this life, like that's how it is. Like, yeah, you have people to help you, but then a day it's up to you. And I think like when you're training alone, if you if you can get the right mindset, you have those type of sessions. They can go a long way, but uh, they can get old. <laughs> yeah, it can get really old having those type of training sessions, and it's not something that you want to have every single day unless there's absolutely like no choice. Yeah, like if there's like if you got like 19 kids, if you're Philip Rivers and you're in a, you're training alone in the basement, and you have no choice, then like yeah, you got to do it. He's got training partners, man. He's got 19 of them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. You don't need them anymore, though. <laughs> Been a fun ride. What about you, Josh? Uh, man, my uh, I think you know when uh, I was trying to play competitive hockey, you know, you trained as a team, mm-hmm. so I didn't understand training partners. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. It was kind of you went and whoever was there, that's who was buzzing that day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then uh, when we started going to the gym we used to go to, Sully's Fitness, which is still open, and you can go check them out. They're pretty awesome. Uh, Ryan's an OG in the powerlifting. He is. Yes, he, he is. is. Um, but we started going there because my wife, uh, Anastasia, wanted to get more into fitness. It was something she you know, thought was lacking in our personal life, and I thought, okay, sure, why not, you know? Um, we quickly learned that spouses are not great training partners all the time. Uh, when she gave me a concussion, um, I was bending down to do a row and she was putting away the dumbbell and she was getting up off the bench beside me, swung backwards and connected with my temple. Oh man. Yeah. So out like a light, out like a light son. You're still with her. Oh yeah. We weren't even married yet. Um, but, uh, I think he was scared at that point. Yeah, yeah right. at that point, you know, like, yo, no, I'm in now. Yeah. I'm not going out. anywhere. Yeah. Um, so uh, eventually what ended up happening is she started getting into powerlifting. That's how she met Kara Cable, who trains here. Uh, Dana Bannon, who trains here. Nicola, uh, what's Nicola's last name? Adam Chick. Adam Chick, yep, uh, who trains here when she's prepping for meets. And um, – so she kind of like had her little squad, and I was like, that's cool. I wish I had a little squad, and ended up meeting my guy, Joey Reed, um, and then from Joey and I getting after it every week, we kind of made our own squad, which has the one and only Josh Spots, Josh Conroy in it, uh, and then some other dudes who also don't go to the school. <laughs> um, Josh, but, Josh sucks. We just have to talk down on him real quick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I love you. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, man, we, we kind of just started our little squad, and uh, I started powerlifting, undefeated powerlifter at 220. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> um, but that was, man, we just that was the click. That yeah. was the gang. And uh, it was pretty regimented for about a year and a half. Like, at least two members of the squad were there at some point in time, and you knew on big days, hey, everybody's got to be there. And uh, Saturday mornings, man. There's nothing better. Ryan turned that music up just a touch more. Yeah. And there used to be kind of like how we have the strength lab here, but it was even smaller. Mm-hmm. And all it had was a deadlift platform, two benches, and three squat racks. Mm-hmm. And the power lifters just took over. Yeah. yeah. And so at that point, what we had, you you were there at that at what point. what point did I join the crew? Yeah. I, I came in. And I think like at that point, we were like 20 deep. Wow. We were 20 deep powerlifters who were all competing, going to each other's meets, showing up in matching t-shirts and shit, getting loud, getting rowdy. Yeah. Like, it was... Uh, awesome. Oh, I still talk That's to all those people every day. Yeah. It's, uh, it was the closest I had ever been to being back in organized sports. Yeah. It was awesome. It's like once you, like, form that bond, like, you bleed with a person oh, like yeah. that. I mean... You're just kind of bonded with them. Like, you're good friends from that, like, forever at that point. Yeah, 100%. some of the Some of the, the pictures from from those days and, like, man, yeah, just the gas. It was all gas. All gas. No brakes. Yeah. And I feel like stuff like that, like, isn't meant to last forever. You know what I mean? It, take, oh, yeah. it takes away how special it is if you're just like, hey, guys, uh, I got to finish, you know, helping the kids with the homework and then I'll I'll be there. Like, it's like – meant to be short-lived i think and now short can be relative like right. one year two years or eight ten years it doesn't really matter but like when you're in it there's just some, there's nothing that i've come across that really beats it yeah you know well and you know i just think of like there was a, a point in time where uh somebody had left the gym uh 
and it was kind of like before the group formed and like everybody knew that person and then we went to a meet they were lifting and like the entire squad just because you used to be us just goes nuts when they walk on a platform mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like that like that kind of like tribe mentality is so uh it's dangerous but it's also super fucking powerful can be very dangerous yeah <laughs> and, like power lifters man you don't have not lived until you're fucking trying to pick up your third deadlift and you yep. need this and the entire place goes nuts. Mm -hmm. They start yelling up and all up. of a sudden gravity goes away. Yeah, yeah. Gra like you're like Vegeta training in the hyperbolic yep. time chamber and then you walk out onto like a planet. The doors open. Float. Yeah. yeah. But the, the best part is like when you got people in the crowd and they're like, hey, who's this? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but he's going for his third deadlift. Yep. Yeah. How much is it? Ah, like 300. Let's go! Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Yep. It doesn't matter, and that, well, that's what's cool. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I, I got to dig up pictures because, uh, I kid you not, like, 20 deep at these meets. Yeah. Like, Josh Conroy driving day of to Nationals yeah. to be there for, like, we had that year. I think we you were there. I competed at Nationals, but I wasn't lifting at Selly's yet. Right. It was right before I came. It was right before you came, but that Nationals, I think we had 10, and they were all our girls. Mm-hmm. And like it was like because we all like, had matching like two, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. 20, we had matching inserts, matching vans, matching socks. I mean, we were we were hard. Yeah. What was funny was after that nationals meet, I knew that they all came in a squad because when I showed up my like my first day at Sally's, I was like, why are all these people so familiar? Like I have seen them <laughs> right, all right. somewhere, and I'm like, I don't know where this could be. Yeah. And then they all yeah. said that they were at nationals. I was like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. While you're looking that up, can I tell you my Selly story? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so. It better be good, though. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> so two, 2016, uh, I just recently started dating my now wife, and I surprised her coming up here for Christmas. I had tickets to the Ravens and the Steelers game, which was Sunday night, Christmas, Christmas Day, and we went to Selly's, or excuse me, we went to the game, and then the next morning, we, were, we, went, we uh, came here. Because this place had just opened, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, man, I've been following Casey for a while, and I was like, I'm going to meet him, I'm going to train there, walk up here, day after Christmas on a Monday, place is closed. I was devastated. I was like, I hate him. Forget him. And I'm like, Liz, where can we go? She's like, I'll take you to the place where uh, my sister used to train. And so we go to Selly's, and I'm like, where are we? Where are we? Because like, I'm not used to, at this time, yeah. I had never really been in pittsburgh yeah. before so we're like on some back alley yeah. and you walk in a special back door yeah. up the hill in the back yeah alley, yeah hill. yeah so i'm like man this is either about to be epic or just and i hate the word epic but this is about to be epic or this is about to suck and ruin my trip um so we walk in there and i've been competing for like four years but somehow i didn't know the name ryan selly and like he i i was competing in the 198 weight class so you would think being in the 198 weight class, I would know who Ryan Selly was because at one time he had the all-time world record total. Right. And so, bench press. And too, bench right? press, yeah. So I start looking and I start seeing banners and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you used to hold the all-time world record. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I did. And I was like, awesome. I was like, well, I appreciate you letting me train. I'm preparing for the Arnold. I was doing the XBC finals at the Arnold later that March. And I was the only person back there that was really uh, lifting because I got there kind of early on a Monday. So I'm warming up, and the music, like, you could barely hear it. And my plan was to do, like, 565 for a triple squatting. 
and I'm warming up, I'm warming up, and at the time I like needed music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you you're, you rely on oh, it's on Monday something. Morning. Yeah, right. Um, and so I get to like five plates, something like that. I'm like, hey, uh, Mr. Selly, you know, like I'm being like real polite and everything, like my parents taught me. And I was like, is there any way we could like turn the music up? And Ryan, in typical fashion, was like, you can you can get some music when you squat 600 pounds. Nice. And I was like, you know, I was a young dude and I was humble, but I was like, okay, okay. I know I don't <laughs> look like much, but stand by. So I started uh, stand by, please. <laughs> so I started so I started putting weights on, and I didn't even know C- Cody Nygaard then, but in my mind, I heard somebody go up, and uh, I was like, "It's time." He was probably there. He was there. He yeah. was probably there. So, uh, so I end up working up to five seventy five. I start putting my wraps on, and all of a sudden, I see Selly walk over and turn the music up. And I was like, yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> turn my music up. And I went and I nailed it. And uh, it was one of my favorite sets to this day. And, like, there were just guys there that were starting to trickle in who hadn't even started training yet. And I got, like, four dudes spot me. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is awesome. You know, so, come. I, I'm not even a member. I'm here for the day from Maryland. I'm a Ravens fan. I don't know if they knew that or not. They probably would have sabotaged me somehow, but uh, it all worked out. So that's my that's my one and only Ryan Selly story. He tried to punk me, and uh, I finally got my music. Damn it! So uh, here's a few of the pictures, and I think, you know, I just want to make sure that these are these are in here. So there's the squad watching somebody. Yeah. You see Julian peeking back there. There's Dana, a couple other faces you might recognize. Ins are singlets everywhere. Ins are singlets. You matching ins are singlets sponsored. and shirts. Uh, and I'll come back to this one. So there's, there's more of the gang. Oh, uh, that's great. After a big the lift. classes on the shirts. Too. Oh yeah. Oh Names, snap. Weight classes. <laughs> um, that's that back room. Yep. Uh, and that's like, that's a Saturday. It was buzzing. Uh, where, where's everybody's masks? This is well before you can see the date here is May 2018. There's my beautiful wife just deep as ass as grass right there. Um, but, like, that's the squad, man. Like, that's how deep we would roll to every meet, matching shirts, matching everything. Um, I bet some people hated you all. Oh, they hated us until, yeah. like, they got on the platform and we got just as loud for them. Yeah, yeah, And they're yeah. like, oh, shit. But I think yeah. to get us back on track. Yes. This picture is Dana Bannon hun- uh, hugging Nicole, uh, or Nicola. I can't remember whether she hit or missed this lift, but doesn't this really is, matter, does it? This is what a good training yeah, partner exactly. looks like. Yep. This this kind of like, just I'm here for you, like hit or miss. Um, yesterday, Nicola was in. Uh, she's doing meat prep. She's like four weeks out, and uh, I gave her, uh, you know, the handoff and the and the co- the commands yesterday. And like that, like that doesn't go away. It was like, and I know like Nicole hates being watched. So like, first two she missed. So then like I disappeared for the third one. Like so she had to go do it by herself, mm-hmm. right? Like because mm-hmm. I just knew. Um, man, yeah. Now I'm getting all emotional and like teared up, and I want to go do leg day. All right, guys. So that's <laughs> it for today. We're gonna go lift. Um, but yeah, no, I I think uh, I think you're 100 percent right and. Now, I would say probably on the flip side, there can be some toxic groups as well. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've been fortunate enough to, you know, for the most part, be in some really solid groups. I I really have. Um, But part of the reason 
that I moved up here was because of the group that was here. And, you know, I was training back home. And when I first got into powerlifting, uh, I think it was pretty much myself. I had a training partner at the time, Tyler Bledsoe. Um, and we would sporadically, like, train together, but it wasn't all the time. So, for the most part, we were lifting a YMCA with one squat rack, one bench press, no deadlift platform. Everybody was pissed off because nobody knew what, dead, what powerlifting was there, right? Yep. And um, we would just kind of go in and train. And, you know, I would say one or two days out of the week, we actually got to train together. And then, after a while, you know, some of my other guys started coming in. They were like, hey, man, like... I saw you lifting, uh, can I jump in? And I'm like, yeah, just come on, you know. And I didn't know really what I was doing at the time. I was uh, in between community college and going to Salisbury, and we were pretty much just training. Like, we didn't even start off wanting to really compete. We were just training hard. And pretty soon, like, I had a group of guys that was showing up every day, same time, every single day. And it didn't matter what we had going on in life, we were always there. And then, you know, after a little while, I think I got to the point where I was like, you know what, man, I, I want to, I want to be really good at this. Like, I want to see how far I can really go. And I think, I think I may have been the only one in the group that really truly had that mindset. Now, like we talked about looking yourself in the mirror and seeing where you were. I think at the time, like I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I want to be a nine or a 10. And I was still kind of immature, you know, um, I was still learning and growing, but I knew that I needed to go in a little bit more. And that's kind of when I met Casey and he started coaching me. And um, some of the guys that I was training with were, you know, doing other things in life, whether it was a relationship or a different job or they had to move and this and that. And it slowly started falling apart. And, um, you know, it's not always meant that every it, it, everybody's not always meant to be on the same page with everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your goals and my goals shouldn't be exactly the same. Our goals shouldn't be exactly the same. Um, that would probably be a little unhealthy at times. You know what I mean? And I think it's good for people to understand where they stand with that. And my guys that I was training with just wanted to enjoy life a little more than I was. And I'll be honest... There were times when I wasn't going to family gatherings or, you know, my friends were like, hey, let's let's go to the pub. And I'm like, sorry, guys, I got to train tomorrow. You know, so I was putting things to the side and I, you know, I don't know if that separated us or not. I hope they didn't feel differently about me for that. But it was just I knew where my head was and where I wanted to be with this. And it got to the point where I was driving uh, an hour each way after work. I would get off at six and I was driving um, an hour down to train at the only gym around that had a mono lift or a deadlift platform. So I was driving an hour training for two to three hours and then driving back. Sometimes I would have, you know, my wife would go with me or, um, you know, Jacob or Chris or a couple of like random of my training partners. But there were a lot of times that it would be just me. And those are some of my best sessions because on that drive, I realized, you know, th- do you really want this? Because you're alone right now, and you could be home chilling, eating dinner, relaxing, but you're driving an hour to go train in a gym where you don't have anybody there. And that's when I was like, yeah, I, I want this. And, um, you know, long story short, I came up here a couple times to train, and I met my crew 
who I train with now, and I don't regret a thing. And I will say, those times when I was driving that hour, those are some of the best training sessions I've ever had. Because the things that you learn when you're alone and you tell yourself that it's just what you have to do, you have no choice, you'll find out what you're really made of. But, you know, when you're training with people who are just as good, if not better than you are, and they hold you accountable, that's that's where the magic happens, and you can't replace that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, I think, when you're training alone, you that that just, like, that walk or drive or however the heck you the bike ride, however the heck you get to the gym, <laughs> you, you know you're going to do it by yourself, you know you're alone, and I think it's you just take that time and you dial in, like, you know mm-hmm. what you're there to do, because when you're going alone, you're usually motivated to to get done what you need to get done that yeah. day no matter yeah, if definitely. it's powerlifting or you're running or you're losing weight like your goal mm-hmm. is weight loss or whatever it is like you're focused on what you need to accomplish that day and yeah you might be alone you not might not have all that hype but you're it's going to be some of the best most focused sessions you'll ever have mm-hmm. because you're only there to do what you had to do without a doubt i remember being three weeks out okay and because of a work commitment I knew I wasn't going to be able to deadlift that night. Mm-hmm. So I got up uh, at 6 o'clock. No, I was in the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning. I think I was up at 5. Um, and, like, Ryan let me in, like, a special, you know, like, early kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I deadlifted heavy, like, 80% max heavy mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. And you told yourself that it's what you had to do. Right. Right? And that was, like... <laughs> You're just talking about, like, the most memorable, like, like the heat wasn't even on in yeah. the building. Like, we didn't turn – like, there was one light on, and, like, it was cold. Yeah. And no noise, no music, and, like, just yeah. – oh. Now, did you – after that, did you ever have a time when you're, like, walking out the street or, like, get in your car? Maybe it was a week later, and you're like, if I could just do that, what else can I do? Did you ever have that moment? No, man. No? No, I don't. I don't think. Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Period. <laughs> you clearly had these moments. <laughs> no, I just, I move forward. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't think back on like, wow, that was really something amazing I did because I'm already like, all right, cool, done, next. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I think when I was growing up, I didn't have a, a lot of confidence. Like, I was good at sports and, and things like that, and I was athletic, but I lacked a lot of confidence so when I could achieve something like when I could actually physically set a goal and achieve it I was like holy shit you know if that was hard that at, up to this point that was the hardest thing I've ever done and like when it was all said and done it really wasn't all that hard so like what else can I do you know and then I just started checking other things off you know when I started powerlifting, my goal was to squat 500 I did it and then I was like shit could I squat 600 and, you know, now you just look back and you are where you are. So um, I think it all kinds of kind of adds up a little bit. But, you know, you don't get there. It's hard to get there alone. Yeah. And I think that's the, the moral of the story is, like, there's certain times when you need to be alone. And there's certain times when you need help. Like, everybody needs help. And, yeah. uh, you know, regardless of whether you're just a hobbyist with your workouts or whether you are competitive with your workouts – you need to realize that it's good to ask people for advice and help. If you're coming in every single day, you're taking like two to three hours out of your day 
you know, however many times a week and you're not doing everything you can to get the most out of your experience, then what are you really doing? Exactly. You know, my dad always told me when I was growing up, whether I was like building something or, uh, you know, doing anything, he was like, if you're going to do something, do it right and, and get the most out of it. So like, why do I want to come in here and waste my time? And I understand that people like, you know, being alone when they train and that's great. But if you come in every single day and you're just to yourself and you don't ask people for help and whether that be because you're scared to, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed or you just don't think you need other people's advice or help. I feel sorry for those people. Yeah, I really do. Not to get on a rant, but like, no, you're good. That's this is like this is one of the only communities that I can think of where average, regular, everyday people, regardless of your job, regardless of what's wrong with you, where you come from, your issues in life, you can come in and legitimately help each other. Yeah, with the same with like the same goals, you know, regardless of your if you're a beginner or advanced, and like everybody get along. And yeah, I feel sorry for and people. A computer nerd can come in and train together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I feel sorry for people who can't uh, capture all of that and get, you know, get everything they can out of that experience. Well, hang on, because I think it's intimidating. You know what I mean? Like I remember walking to Sellies for the first time, and this was when Cody was still at Sellies, and his group ran the back of that room, mm-hmm. and you felt like you needed to like bow and ask for permission just to get in there, and it wasn't that they were trying to be exclusive to people mm-hmm. they're just locked in right so like how is a newcomer do you get in on that because everybody knows it's happening yeah and yeah you want to be a part of it but how do you how do you approach that how do you walk up and be like hey i want to look like you hey i want to do what you're doing like i think it's a really intimidating thing you I know don't... who it comes down to the the big guys it's it's their job just like when i moved up here and I started working here, and now that you know I am one of the directors here, and one of the you know more popular powerlifters, it's my job when somebody comes back in that room, to to introduce myself, or to be like, hey man, how's it going? You know, my name. I mean, Curtis. you did that with me. Did I? Yep. When I first started training here. And I yeah. think that's what I think that's what it's about. And I did that with Curtis. Just let the record show. <laughs> <laughs> Jared did. He was like, I'm the baddest sob back here. So, Welcome, I know I don't look friend. like it. Welcome. Let me uh, show you the cha- Challenge me to arm wrestling. I dare you. I'm pretty sure you said something like that. But, I, I mean, that's, that's who it's on. It, it, you know. And now, that doesn't mean that you have to be buddy-buddy. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. as far as, um, you know, let's say I didn't work here. Let's say I did not work here whatsoever. Just with my passion in lifting and fitness and exercise and all things related, uh, if I was back there... And I saw somebody doing their thing, and maybe they, maybe I could tell that they were a little hesitant, a little nervous. I would go up and just start talking to them, even if that's something as simple as, "Hey, man, um, you mind if I uh, work in with you?" I've done that sometimes, and I'm not even using that piece of equipment that they are. You know, like let's say they're doing like a a dumbbell curl with, you know, five pound dumbbells. I don't know. I'd be like, "Hey, man, uh, you mind if I borrow those dumbbells?" And I'll sit there and start doing like lateral raises. You know what I mean? Just to let them see that, dude, we're on the same level. You know, we're both human. We both have the same goals. I know I may look a certain way or, or come off a certain way, but we're both the same person. And, like, if you have questions, ask me. You know, don't be scared to ask me why uh, my face gets so purple or why I'm putting those things on my knees to squat. Like, 
So I, I think it really comes down to society, I mean, maybe. It's got to be kind of people. I mean, yeah. so like kind of going off of what you said, I can kind of speak on this because I have an interesting perspective. So when I go into like a new place, right, I'm a little guy. I don't mm-hmm. look like I can do anything. When I walk into a powerlifting gym, all the big guys that train in their group, I can always tell like what kind of people they are because in good gyms like here at Union or even like at Selly's, right, you walk in and people are like, oh, what's up, man? I'm so-and-so. Uh, what do you do? Like, what are you here for? Are you training today? And they get to know you. They'll work in with you, like you said, mm-hmm. or like help you out. They, they offer to spot you. Like, you don't have to say anything. People are just like there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then there's these gyms that I walk into and the big dudes look at me like, oh, who's this schmuck coming in, right? And then, so like a lot and of times- And you 600 pounds. Yeah, right? Well, so no, this is where it comes in. It's, it's awkward. Yeah. So I walk in, people don't know who I am. I'm little, so I'm clearly not on their level now because I'm a little guy, right? So I walk in and a lot of times there's like one spot to deadlift and people are starting to work. So I'll be like, hey guys, can I work in with you? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we're not changing weights for you. I've gotten that at least three or four times in my life. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's fine. You don't have to. I can change weights myself, yeah. right? And so then I start working in with people. And the next thing you know, like I'm deadlifting as much or more than them that day. And I'm putting plates on when they're not. And next, they want to be my best friend. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I'd be nice and that's fine. But like, why did you have to act that way exactly. when I came in, right? Because yeah. if I wasn't able to do that, you would have been a, a jerk to me. Like mm-hmm. if I wanted help, you wouldn't have given it to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you um, remember my nickname for you? I don't know if I do. So when you first started training there, you were training in the corner by yourself. And I was like leaving or something, and I like stopped to watch to see what you were doing. You're squatting or something, and uh, it, it was a ridiculous number, like stupid number, like for his size. And I was like, "Okay, baby boy, we'll see you next Saturday." That's right. That's right. <laughs> Classic <laughs> movie, by the way. Right, <laughs> baby boy. But I, but that's I, I literally did not know Jared's name. I think for the first three months, I just be like, "Baby boy, we that's see great. you Saturday." That's great. And yep, because I mean, like at the end of the day, like I. Just what you that was what my goal was not to be the strongest lifter because I didn't stand a fucking shot at that yeah. But I definitely had a the knack for making the click. Yeah, and like Somebody be like kind of like out in the other room and they'd be like in the squat rack Like what the fuck are you doing out there? Yeah Get in here. Like yeah. come on like yeah. load that shit oh, up. It's so fun to like get people like involved and motivated yeah. and um, I love it when I train with people who are just motivated. You don't have to. You can lift ten times more than me, ten times less than me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if you're there, if your mindset's in the same place as mine is, like we're getting work done and we're both gonna be better for it. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so you and Micah used to train on the same stuff. Did we? Yeah, because you guys were about the same height. That was always the squat rack. <laughs> is that you guys were the same height and had similar totals? Right. And I mean Micah's. Micah's maybe like five four, five five. Yeah. Shit brick house. Yeah. Shit brick house. Yeah. Not an ounce of fat on him. I think it would be a brick shit house, but no, 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 no. Oh, you got to meet Micah. He's a shit brick house. He's, he okay. is a shit. Who's a brick house? That's... Okay, got it. <laughs> like make blocks out of it and dry it. It'll... Yeah. Got, it. <laughs> got you. No, I. Yeah. I mean, get, going back to all this, I think it comes down to everybody, right? Yeah. Like, if you think about it, when we were growing up, when you went to kindergarten, I was terrified of kindergarten. I was ter- more terrified of kindergarten than I have been anything else in my life. And guess what? We made friends, and we talked to people, and people talked to us. Now, like, I don't see how going into a weight room is really all that different. You would think, you would think, in theory. As adults who we've all experienced 
different hard challenges and things like that. It shouldn't be that big of a deal to have somebody new walk into the gym and like not have a stick up your ass about them being in the gym. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they came in for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I think that uh I think if there is a reason that people act like that, like when you came in and started deadlifting, there's a level of intimidation that they were obviously feeling. I think a lot of it just comes down to people's pride and I think so yep. I yep. think that that makes people jerks, right? They're prideful. Mm-hmm. And I think that also a lot of times forces people to train by themselves, right? It's yeah. not that they don't want to get better, but they're too prideful to put themselves out there in the open with other people with the same mentality that they isolate themselves and train by themselves. That's not everybody that trains alone, sure. but I think that's definitely a solid group of people that does that because it's hard to open up and be vulnerable when like you're prideful about how much you lift or what your form looks like or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I think that's a very good point. Yeah. Also, I want to touch on this since we didn't earlier. If you train with a group of people, how do you, how are you able to identify the difference between training with a good group of training partners and training with a toxic group or a group that's maybe holding you back from where you need to be? Because they look the same when you're inside of them. For sure. And mm-hmm. a lot of them can be the same size, like mm-hmm. visually, like you won't even be able to tell sometimes. I think it's like with any relationship. I mean, I understand there's some people who aren't going to be able to understand the aspects that are good for you or that aren't good for you. But like, if you are feeling some type of way, it's either because it's how they're acting towards you or how you are perceiving it. Now, when I first started getting coached by Casey up until that point, and I had great coaches when I was growing up in sports, but up until that point, I never had anybody that was as hard on me as he was on me. Now at the time, I wasn't mature enough to really understand what it was coming from. But as I stuck with it and as I got to know him, I knew that it was because he saw what I was capable of. And, you know, he was being hard on me because he wanted the most for me. Right now, like there were times when I was training with my guys back home that I think, you know, I hate to say this, but now that I'm mature and grown, I think I may have been hard on them just because you know, I thought that I was the alpha in the group, you know, and I've never said that out loud. And we all know you're a beta. <laughs> right. We all know that. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just like I was like, OK, I'm the one who started powerlifting in this gym and in this town, in my eyes. And, you know, if you come in here, you got to you got to kind of match up to, to what I think and, and what I do. And uh, I don't think I was always like that, but there were times when I showed that. So, like. Maybe I was a toxic one, you know what I mean? But, um, I, you know, if, if your people aren't building you up, I know that sounds cliche, but if every single person in that group, if their goal is not to build you up and make you better, then, you know, they're, they're not doing what's best for you. Like if I asked every single guy in my group, you know, what do you, what do you want out of me? And they're going to be like, well, you know, we want you, we expect you to come here and and help us, but we want you to be better than us. And like everybody who, you know, that that I've worked with, my main goal is to have them exceed my knowledge and what I've accomplished. And I think that's like the biggest part of a good group is like, yeah, you can have those challenges back and forth. And it's like, you ain't out squatting me, you know, I'm the man. 
But the second if they do outsquat you, you're pumped. Oh yeah, you, you know what I mean. You like be psyched for them. I've like I've been at meets where I've been helping people, and they've hit you know more in a lift than I have, and I'm more excited for them in that moment than I was when I hit that lift. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think like that's a big part of it too. Yeah. You know if they if they if they don't want you to be your best, if any part of them is trying to hold you back, you gotta get. Yeah, I think a lot of times people get mixed up. They think they're in a good training group too when, you know, they're the strongest guy there or not even the strongest guy there, but every time like they're being told like you got to push weights and people are always just psyched for them and there's no like no constructive criticism on mm-hmm. anything. Nobody's mm-hmm. nobody's willing to tell you to like take a step back and like correct you or tell you to like get help somewhere else or mm-hmm. something. Um I think I think that's a big part of it is like you feel like you're getting too much positive feedback. Um, when the reality is, is you're just not getting any help. Yeah, that's a good point. That, I think that's something we had. We did not have the, it was all gas. There yeah. was no like, hey man, like, why don't you kind of like lower the bar path? It was just like, all right, next, let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was no education to it until we started to really grow out and like you got involved. And, uh, and then obviously it became so big that like somebody like Julian was like, hanging around the outskirts maybe of the group but like julian's very very meticulous and would like watch things and be like hey i actually noticed you're a little bit lower on that third bench rep like just make sure you're in your groove or something you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think that's as much as yeah i think it's it's huge that you need to have people inside your group you also can't be so and i think this is kind of what you were alluding to you can't be so outwardly toxic and loud and like because i think that's the the thing right we you know Weights are going easy that day. You guys are getting loud. Guys are bumping into each other, yelling at each other, mm-hmm. calling each other names, having fun. You don't realize how that looks to the guy running on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. Dude, very good point. And it's yeah. it's tough. It's tough, I think, to to be weary of that and, like, know that that's happening. Especially, like, here. When the strength lab is bumping on Saturday morning, yeah, I'm like I know you guys. I sometimes don't even want to go in there because I know I'm not at that level today. <laughs> I yeah, I I understand what you mean. I think that you know powerlifting is a sport where, and we're going to talk about powerlifting just in general, um, or I should say specifically. But powerlifting is that sport where nobody's making a career out of it. Nobody's getting rich. So to take it to a level ten on that one to ten scale every single day to the point where you're like f everybody around me i'm coming in this gym i'm doing what i gotta do i don't care who else is around i don't care who i piss off i gotta i gotta accomplish these goals that's just that's just silly it, it's powerlifting. it's powerlifting. we're doing this for the fun end of the day we're just lifting weights <laughs> exactly um and that's Pick it up put it down that's, that's right you know it's for some people it means more than others and to some people, maybe it does mean more than just picking up weights and putting them down. But, like, we're not making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing this. We're all saying paying the same membership. You know, we're coming here the same hours. And uh, so you you do, to back to your point, you have to be present and realistic and say, you know what, I'm not the only one here. Respect everybody around me. Respect the equipment. Um, but, yeah, just to add on what you were saying. Don't drop the weights. Yeah, yeah. Don't break a deadlift bar, Nate Harris. Um. <laughs> I will say, coming from like the opposite end of that too, like you got your big guys who are big, scary, intimidating. Like you said, the strength labs bumping; it's intimidating to yep. go back there. 
I think on the opposite end of that equation too, as hard as it is to like get over that intimidation factor, most of those people that you're going to meet, especially like here, are like some of the nicest people in the world. Some of them bunch of babies. look yeah. like a bunch yeah. of meat necks, but yeah. they're brilliant. Like, right. they're, there's some really awesome people, and like they're not there to try to scare you. Yeah, they're big and scary looking. Yeah. But yeah, it's like they're babies. They're teddy bears. Like, yeah. Go up, talk to them. They'd be psyched to get to know you, get a beer with you when they're done. Yeah. You know? Well, part of you has to, like, to lift the weights that some of us are attempting to lift, and we were talking about your 500 squat. Like, a 500 squat to maybe some guy who thinks he's king dingaling, you know, that's not going to be a lot of weight. Right. Shout out to my dad for that term. King dingaling. Uh, but then, like, you know, to most people, 500 pounds is crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. Th- it, it's crazy. Um, Just double my body sure. weight at that point. So More than. Keep in mind, like, as a physical therapist, I, like, I treat the general population right now in an outpatient clinic, right? Mm-hmm. A heavy weight there is like if somebody lifts fifty pounds, they're like, "Man, I'm oh, strong." Smoke, like yeah, yeah. smoke. They, it. they, it's like that. I go home and tell my wife, like, "Honey, you'll never believe how strong I am. I move fifty pounds today." So when someone squats two hundred pounds, one hundred pounds, mm-hmm. two hundred pounds, like that's a ton of weight, yeah. right? Like, yeah. if you put it in perspective, it's easy to get sidetracked being in a place like this where you got. 800 pound squatters sitting yeah. next to you sure you know but it, it but you know regardless of where you're at whether it is that 50 pound weight or 800 pounds or whatever you have to have a certain mindset to to lift that weight safely because sometimes you're scared to death you know so for me i have to kind of become somebody that is not the person that's sitting here right in front of you right now you know what i mean like mm-hmm. when i go to lift a heavy weight i wouldn't want to be friends with me you know what I mean? Because I want to kill everything. Um, and that's just sometimes how I have to get mentally in order to accomplish these things. But the second that reps over, I'm like, yo, dog, you know, what's up? And I'm going home and I'm I'm listening to like 90s country on the way home. Taylor you know? Swift. Been known to listen to some Taylor Swift. Um, but, you know, so I think that's a big thing, too, is like you were saying, uh, when it comes down to approaching people, understand that like 99% of the people at a gym, are average people, regardless of how big, how crazy, how scary they are, how high their blood pressure is, how many tattoos they got, you know what I mean? Like how yeah. big their beard is. Um, just regular people, you know what I mean? So they may look crazy when they're trying to get their mind right to lift X amount of weight, but afterwards, yeah, you know, they'll they'll shoot the shit with you and, and you know, take the time to get to know you. And that's what I think a lot of people kind of don't understand. And for me, as somebody who's been competing in powerlifting for a long time, uh, I understand why people don't think highly of powerlifting or people who compete in powerlifting, um, but it kind of saddens me to a point because if you take the time to really like get to know some of some of the people, like you'll find that you know they're really genuine and they're not assholes and they don't think that they're better than everybody or anything like that. So it goes both ways, though. You know, it, it really does. How about how about this, you two giant meatheads? I'm just somebody that that goes to this gym and I'm just trying to better myself today and I'm thinking maybe a training partner would help me do that. How do I find a training partner? Well, you know, how do you, uh, how do you decipher any decision in in your life? You look at it, you kind of weigh the pros and the cons of it and you just try to make your, your educated decision. So if, you know, if you saw two car commercials, I don't know. Let's use this as an example. You saw two car commercials, and uh, you know you watched them, 
and one of those appealed to you, you're probably going to go buy that. Now, that doesn't mean that that's going to be the best decision, but, like, you can't always make the best decision when you're choosing a training partner. You're just, like, giving an educated guess. So when you walk into the gym and you're watching people and you say, hey, man, I like how that guy carries himself. You know, he doesn't seem like a, like a muscle-bound asshole. Or, hey, that person has really good technique. Or, hey, that person just stopped in the middle of their workout to go help that other person. Like, those are the things that, that come into play, you know. If you're looking and you see a guy, like, in the corner, just, like, sitting there, like, rocking back and forth, like, is he strong? Maybe. You know, like, could they help you? Maybe. You but... might want to be friends with that guy. <laughs> Outside of the gym, that's it. Like I'm gonna... uh, in out, I don't know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, it might be a that's good why person. We were to friends have. with Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, as far as a training partner, maybe not the best decision. You know, so I think like if you just roll up in this gym day one, yeah, day one, you're probably not going to find a training partner. Okay. It, it, like as far as like you got to give it time. Okay. Time. So you walk in the gym, you go there for the whole week, at the maybe the same time. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. And you kind of see how people interact with certain people. You see how people carry themselves. You know, if somebody's rolling around slamming weights, maybe not the best. If they're, you know, respecting equipment, if they just seem like a respectful individual, probably somebody you want to pick their brain. Now, maybe that person, maybe they don't know anything. You know, maybe they can't help you learn something. But maybe together, you guys can figure stuff out. And I, you know, that's the thing with finding a training partner is you don't always have to find somebody that's better than you are right? or that's, you know, necessarily further along with you are. Right. You could find a training partner that's not even nearly experienced as you are. Yeah. So if you've only been doing it for five months, it might not be a bad thing to find somebody who's been doing it for a month, you know, so you guys can kind of grow together and figure things out. And, uh, you know, the beauty of it is just finding out, seeing where the road leads. Jared, do you think um, some of the classes at Union is a good place to try to find a training partner? For sure. Uh, I mean, just seeing, like, just the group mentality. Like, they all get to know each other um, very well. A lot of them, I think, are friends outside of the gym now. Mm -hmm. um, like, in the morning, I sit at the front desk all groggy drinking my coffee, and they're all bubbly coming in <laughs> on morning people um, for their workouts. And they all know each other. They're talking about something. I don't even know what they're talking about half the time, but mm -hmm. it all relates to each other, I guess. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they – Classes are a great place to start. Yeah. I would say classes are probably one of the best places to start, definitely. Yeah, because it's structured. Yeah, The exactly. same people are – like, everybody likes their, their routine and their schedule, so usually the same people show up to those things. Yeah. Um, even yeah. if you can't afford to take a class, just being willing to – like, if you show dedication and you, you get there and you're willing to just, like, talk to people – as we just said before, like work in with people, eventually you form relationships and based on the relationships you form, you'll know if you want to train with somebody or not. Like, for example, that's why I started training with Conroy, right? Like we went like at the same times at Sally's and I ended up really liking like where his head was. Like we had the same mentality for a lot of things. But we were also like really willing to help each other. We barely knew each other at the time and he's like giving me feedback on what he thinks I need to do and vice versa and i was like you know I, I like training with this guy so i i start to show up at the same times he shows up or i'll ask him when he's coming next and the next thing you know we're training partners mm -hmm. and like we still train together as much as possible and here i can't stress enough that exact way that jared just said it is exactly how easy it is mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and what curtis said like ask somebody for a spot it's the yeah. easiest way to become yeah. their training yeah. partner Dude, talk, talk about <laughs> talk about a lost art yeah a lost art is asking somebody for a spot yep you know what i mean um 
and I understand with everything going on in the world right now that, you know, keeping your distance and things like that is necessary. But, you know, there is no better way to, to meet somebody. And, or ask and, somebody if they need a spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It exactly. goes two ways. Man, put your ego to the side. You know what I mean? Like, I would much rather have a spot from somebody I don't know than to drop X amount of weight across my neck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it's as simple as that. Um, so, yeah, asking people for a spot, you know, say excuse me if you walk in front of them. Like, ask to work in. With ask someone. to work in. Yeah. yeah. It's great, too. Yeah. I think I actually talked to uh, Farouk is one of the, the main guys on the pit powerlifting team. And I asked strong him one day. Too. Very strong, very strong. Isn't Farouk a little old to be on a college powerlifting team? <laughs> he might be. I, I mean, <laughs> him and Bradshaw were running it in the nineties. So I'm gonna, like... I'm gonna ask him next time. Okay. But uh, <laughs> no, I asked Farouk one time. I was like, "Hey, man, uh, why don't you guys train together? Like, why don't you guys share the same piece of equipment? Like, f- all four of you are squatting, and you're all squatting in a different location." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a good point." Um, a lot of times it's because all of us have a different coach and a lot of us have somebody different doing our programming. So we want to do our, our own thing. And I was like, dude, I, you know, I understand, but I think that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You guys are in college. You should be like your team. First of all, be attached <laughs> to the hip. Could, yeah. could you imagine like if, you know, a professional team was like, all right, man, I'm going to go do my drills over here. You go do your drills over there. And, like, at the end of practice, like, we'll just talk about it. <laughs> How silly is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, so – and I, I think a lot of it is, like, modern powerlifting or maybe social media. Social media, I think. So. You, uh, social media, you see a lot of just, like, one person doing their thing, right? Like, you rarely see groups of people – like working together and helping each other. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but I was, you know, to sum it all up, I was like, you guys would be able to help each other so much more if you all just took your programs, if they were printed, which they're not, uh, take your programs, put them in a pile, rip them up and throw them in the trash and say, hey, let we're all going to squat together because we have these things called monolifts that are adjustable. So regardless of yeah. if you're 6'5 or, or, you know, five six like five, you five seven five seven thank you yeah uh you can you can train together you can squat together and you figure it out along the way i can't think of occasionally and i mean rarest occasion joey and i were always on the same program but that was because i just followed whatever he did mm-hmm. because i didn't care yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but like i can't think of of ever working out in a group where we all had the same program yeah, everybody's doing good, something yeah. different yeah and even if it's like you're squatting and then I'm front squatting. Like it's just okay. So take a couple plates off, asshole. Yeah, that yeah. is like, true. Exactly. Yeah. Just move weights yeah. around. Yeah. Like I, I squat with Conroy sometimes. He's taller than me and he squats more than me. <laughs> <laughs> he is more than. You. Have you heard? Like, about, I mean, come on. Have like, you heard about his coach? Uh, no. No. no his tell coach me about is this a guy. clown. Okay. <laughs> Giant clown. Meathead turns purple because he's got high blood pressure. <laughs> 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 Um, Josh's coach, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, back to back to kind of what we were saying. I actually the group of guys that I train with, Casey, Cody, uh, Joe, John, occasionally Steve Bucelli, 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 Steve. I'm sorry. Um, you know, we train together, and over the summer, when you know we all started to go to Area 51 to train. 
and none of us had a program at the time. None of us were really doing a meet. I I knew that I was planning on doing a meet, but I wasn't in a meet prep. And we sat down, and we were like, all right, guys, what are we doing? What are we doing today? And we made a decision right there. You know what I mean? Like, we never walked through the doors and knew exactly what we were doing. That is exactly what I did with my friends in grad school who I trained with. We, they, we would come through the doors, and we'd be like, what do we want to do today? That, and then it, that's what we did. Dude, that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, I understand for different purposes, people will be on different programs because everybody's different, you know? I said different, like, four times. But um, there's something beautiful about walking into the gym looking at your boys that you're going to train with and being like what are we doing today and you guys figure it out you know i and i think there needs to be more of that without a doubt because well, you know there there's no two ways to skin a cat you know you don't have to you don't have to do things this way just because it's written on paper you know if you if you change your game plan for a couple of days it's not going to take away from what you're trying to accomplish it might add to finish your thought again i think that there is um it, it's just good to not necessarily have a specific program sometimes you know uh, recently i started back up my own program writing my designing my own program and my guys are getting ready for a meet in seven weeks so i was going to go in and do something completely different and i was like you know what i'm working in i'm working in totally off plan but you know it's it's just what you what you need to do sometimes well and i i think too you know just watching um enzo who listens um his real name is i think lawrence no it's lawrence um but he you know he was kind of like the the papa bear of the of the click and i'll never forget you know joey and i would lay on the ground to do skull crushers with dumbbells and then the one day he walked in and he did it with the, the barbell. Mm -hmm. And then he started, you know, curling with the barbell. And that blew everybody's mind. But, like, he learned that from somebody who wasn't doing the same programming as him. Yeah. Like, yeah. that kind of stuff, like, is so cool, like, when you don't have the same program. And, like, uh, box squats mm -hmm. was something that we never would have dreamed of doing. Mm -hmm. And then Conroy had it programmed for him. So then we all started doing it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. just, like... And now my coach has me doing these, like, Cossack box squats. They're horrible. Nice. I can, I can barely do, like, one yeah. plate on that safety uh, squat bar. It's that, miserable. Uh, yeah, miserable, but that's awesome. All right? Yeah, so says you. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. I think there's also, you know, what you were saying about going in and goofing off. The one day I was, like, just had a bee in my bonnet, and I wanted to put the safety squat bar on, and I wanted to have weight on the safety squat bar and deadlift at the same time. Yeah, thug life. <laughs> it is yeah, right yeah but then like ryan watched it and he's like you know what i mean what josh said was really dumb but there's something to that yeah and like he kind of like went played with it and then found like a really cool little like recovery workout and and there's no weight on on the safety squat bar mm -hmm. and you know it's light on the deadlift but just that kind of compression to mm -hmm. it and like putting weight to it he found it to be really useful for some of his clients he's like i never would have done that if your dumb ass wasn't doing <laughs> like just stupid shit the That's one right. day yeah 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 i think and you know something that we originally talked about i think understanding where you're at on that one to ten scale can help you with these things yeah so like if 
if you understand, hey, man, I'm doing this for fun. I'm trying to learn some new things occasionally and just, you know, see what I'm capable of. Then, yeah, you're going to hang around that, like, six, maybe seven area. And, and there's nothing wrong with the six? No, not at all. Not a damn not thing. All, because you can that, still have training partners and be a six. You can. That was me. You can, and you can have a... You're a, a 10 a, out of 10 in my books, man. <laughs> I was a 10 out of 10 and undefeated. <laughs> because, yeah, I, a, a majority of people are going to fall within that range. And that's great because all of this is a hobby. We're, even if you have very specific goals, at the end of the day, it's still a hobby. It's not life or death. When you leave this gym, you're going to go back to the life that you were living before you came in. Um, so, you know, if you're on that end of the spectrum, yeah, walk in. You know, have some fun. Say, hey, I saw this in a magazine. I'm going to try it. It doesn't really make that big of a deal if you jump off program or even if you have a program. But if you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I want to be the best version of myself I can be, then you're going to need to be an eight and above. And if you're an eight and above, when you come in, you can't be, you know, just dicking off all the time. You know, it's okay to take those days where you're like, you know what, I want to try something different. Uh, I'm going to cut back, you know, kick my feet up, maybe have a beer during my workout. Don't advise it. But, um, you know, it's okay to do that every now and then, but you can't do it all the time. So, and, and you know, there's a, a whole end of the spectrum. And I think at one time or another, we've all been in different areas of that spectrum, right? Yeah. And it's okay. It's completely okay. I will say, though, there is no better workout than getting ripped up with the boys the night before and then you all knowing you're dragging your asses in there at 6 a.m. hungover. <laughs> you got to go heavy. And you got to go heavy that day. <laughs> yep. You're puking and like it. So, yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Sorry, Dad, I'm ratting you out on this one. But my dad told me a story. I guess I was like a little kid. This is when he was like competitively powerlifting. I guess, I don't know if it was for his birthday or what the heck it was, but his buddies took him out and he drank a little too much. Mm-hmm way too much they had to drag him back home kind of deal well he had to be at his his friend greg's house who he still trains with to this day um he had to be at greg's house at 9 a.m in the morning for a heavy squat day Mm -hmm. and that is to this day the most he's ever squatted he said he started warming up i went and puked in the bushes came back inside and squatted more than i've ever squatted i would say that's the best (laughs) dude the the first time i ever deadlifted 600 pounds i was still drunk Really? The, the, so the week before, I had a meet coming up in like three weeks. The week before, my plan was to work up to like 600, and I missed it. And I was like, I got a full night's sleep. My nutrition was on point. I was sober, <laughs> and I missed it. And then a couple, or uh, the week later, it was college graduation. And in Salisbury, you're like 30 minutes from Ocean City, Maryland. So everybody who graduated goes down to the beach for the night. And we're going out and we're partying until like 2, 3 in the morning. And I go back, get a couple hours of sleep, wake up the next day, go back to campus. And I was like, man, i got to get a training session in. I'm like, man, i got a deadlift. And I walk in there, still drunk, pulled, I think it was like 6.05. And probably could have doubled it if I really wanted to. And I'm like, everything that my teachers just told me about physiology and anatomy just went out the window. Because I was dehydrated, you know, I, had, I was drunk. But you also had nothing to lose that day because you know you're going in. No inhibition. You know what I mean? You're going in. (laughs) Your mindset's not quite there. You know nothing's in line. You're just like, I'm going to do what I can do that day. And a lot of times that's your best day. 
So if you come into Union Fitness and you're drunk, I'm probably going to ask you to leave. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely going to ask you to leave. Yeah, but uh, you can come in the podcast room. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> deadlift in the podcast yeah, room. Yeah, they'll actually add to to what you're doing. Yeah, we'll start pouring beer I'm down your throat. I'm going to deadlift off with you here in the podcast room. Well, so <laughs> okay, this has nothing to do with anything, and by the time this comes out, this will have already happened. But Thursday, two beers deep. I would like for the host to do the hold the bag challenge. Oh. As long as they can. You talking yes. about the sandbag? Yeah. Oh, it's here. Oh, oh I, the sandbag. Okay. I want to try it. Uh, well, I don't think I want them to use the sandbag because, like, I don't think they're ready for that. But, like, I want them to have the ball. Okay, okay, cool. So, it, Stu brought in a 200-pound sandbag. The one that they're using for the Rogue challenge. Yeah. Um, and Stu is a strong dude. Yeah. Right? Huge. And Stu sent me a message the other day, and he goes, dude, you're a strong guy, but if you can hold this thing for two minutes, I'll buy you dinner. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, 200 pounds is, so is do you 200 have, pounds. So, you have to hug it? How does it work? Bear hug. Bear hug? I get, you can lock, depending on, you know, do whatever you got oh, to Oh, we got to try that. I, I want to try I'm going to try that. Stu needs to buy me dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't imagine what you eat. Me? Yeah. Anything and everything. Oh, no. I just so much of it. Yeah. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I'm a bottomless pit. I've always been that way. I yeah. wouldn't – with your size, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> so <laughs> to sum it all up, I think uh, what it comes down to with training partners, having them versus not having them, training alone, training with maybe a toxic group is you just have to figure it out. Like, sorry that's the answer, but it's just like with everything else. You have to figure out – uh, what's best for you and your goals. And I think step one is to be realistic with your goals, your level of dedication. When, like we talked about, look yourself in the mirror and say, this is exactly where I am on that scale. Um, then I think you can know exactly what it is that, that you're going after and what you need. Yeah, be real about what your life situation is. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you might not have a lot of freedom to train with a, a group of people that normally shows up at the gym. That's fine, but you have time to train by yourself, and you can be just as motivated on your own to go get it done. That's okay. Yep. Just be realistic about what your goals are and the time you have and use it effectively. And, you know, along with that, if, if you understand that your goals are to really accomplish some things and, and be your best, ask for help. It's, it's okay to ask for help, you know. Um, I told myself that I was a high enough level where I was willing to move, you know, a couple states away to train with people who were going to make me better. Um, bef before that, I didn't, I didn't know who they were, but I knew that that's what I needed, you know? So, uh, understand where you're at realistically and then do what you got to do to get there. You know, find those people. Don't ever stop searching for those people. If that's the case, you know, don't, don't be satisfied. Don't be content. Um, if, if you're not getting everything that you want out of what you said that you wanted to do, don't stop until you get it, you know. So um, whether that means training alone occasionally, all the time, with people, just do what you got to do, man. But, um, you know, just have fun in the whole process. Yeah, that being said, um, feel free to use us. Uh, as I said, or as we've said on all of our podcasts, I'm pretty sure to this point, we want to help you. We're here for you. Um, if you need accountability, if you need a training partner, if you need a group of people to train with, uh, programming it doesn't matter reach out uh, our Instagram handles are right here um, and we I mean yeah come find us at the gym Union Fitness yep I couldn't have said better I have nothing to add Josh you got anything nope 
Um, thank you for your help today and your input. That, you. was, that was cool. And uh, thank you as well, Jared. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back. We'll catch you on the flip side. Homie.